0: Cool. So I tonight get to talk about abiding, which is one of my favorite, favorite things to talk about. Um, because it's just something that the Lord has really been working in my life <coughs> over the last however many years. And so it's <coughs> exciting to share with you guys because it's one of those things that like he's been speaking to me about. Um, and so before the Live Dead Journal begins, because we started this, so we're doing it four days, right? There's this section called Abiding, and that says how to abide. And in that section, he challenges us to, during this 30 days, while we're doing the Living Dead challenge, to tithe our time. Sometimes we get the concept of tithing our money. The Bible tells us we're supposed to give 10% to God, right? So if we get $10, we give one to God, right? If we get $100, we give 10. We give 10% to God as an offering. But he's suggesting that maybe, maybe we should also tithe our time. So he's saying, let's tithe our time with the Lord. So if you break that down, if you're good at math, that's about two and a half hours a day. And the challenge is for 30 days to spend two and a half hours abiding with God. Now, for some of you guys, you might be like, that is crazy. That is impossible. Like, anybody honest that's like, two and a half hours with Jesus? Like, that's a lot, y'all. Um And I think, here's the thing, it might sound impossible to you, but it really is possible. It's really possible. Um, You know, and I'm I'm excited to talk about this with you guys because I love, like I love God's presence. I love his word. I love to pray. Um, And I love talking to him. I love spending that time. But here's the thing. I was not always this way, right? I can remember a time in my life, I can remember a time in college, you guys, some of you, know that Matt and I came up in Chi at University of Tennessee, and Pastor Chuck would say, tonight we're going to have a prayer meeting. You don't have anything to do, because he somehow knew our schedules, and he's like, come! And, and so, for Chuck, prayer meeting wasn't like, we hold the four people groups, and it lasts five minutes. For Chuck, prayer meeting was like, I hope I have no homework, because I might go home at 3 a.m. And so, you know, like, it was one of those things that other students, like, their life's on fire for God, and they're like, yeah, prayer meeting! And I was like yay <laughs> you know like yay you know and, um, and, and it's one of those things like I love to worship at that point God had already done a work in my life and I liked my personal time to read the Bible but something about sitting for four or five hours or it wasn't usually sitting I'm sorry Pastor Chuck you can't sit and pray to stand. Um, that he just likes to walk around so that's why but I was like four, five, six hours of prayer like, that is a lot I don't know about that but what was really cool is as I went, you know, and so on the outside I'm like, yeah, yeah, a prayer meeting, you know, a good Christian girl, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And inside I'm like, uh-huh. you're like what do I even say to God for six hours? Um because honestly, oh, like in think? my head I didn't know what like what do I do with God for six hours. But I went and as I started to go and I would spend time with, with Pastor Jack and like Matt was there and a lot of the other students that were involved in our Kyopha, so we would pray. And as I continued to go to these things, I started to love it. Like, I started to absolutely love those times where I wasn't rushed. It wasn't like I just have an hour before class to spend with God, and then I go on about my day and forget he exists because he only exists from, like, 7 to 8 a.m. Because I don't know about you guys, but that was my college life. Like, at the beginning, I was like, I spend this time with Jesus, and then I do my day. Um, And it's like it kind of became a thing where it kind of sent those extended periods of time with Jesus I loved it. And then I wanted to spend more time with him. And I wanted to, like, not leave his presence when I was doing things like going to class and going to work. And so the Lord kind of really used that as a catalyst to teach me about this abiding. So it is possible, right? It's possible. It's possible even for you guys that are like, this is crazy. It's possible. Um, And here's the main point. as It says at the very beginning of the journal... He says, from that abiding time will come the strength and direction to fulfill the live-dead challenge. And I think, to add to that, from that abiding time, that daily time of God, will come strength and direction to live. Not just to fulfill this one challenge, but if you continue to spend time with the Lord, that's where you'll get the strength to live. That's where you'll get the strength to live for Christ. Really do it. so, we're going to look at our scripture that Brandon read to us. It's in John 15. And so, we're going to kind of break it down real quick. But in verses 1 and 2, Jesus kind of sets us up with the imagery that we're looking at. And so, he says, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And so we get this imagery of a vine, and, like, God's, God's the one that's, like, caring for the vine, right? And then what are we when we read on where the branch is, right? And so there's this picture of, of Jesus is the vine, which I don't know if you guys... No, I'm not very like into horticulture. I had a best friend in high school, totally loves to grow plants. Plants, right? Like me, I put a thing in a pot, and then I'm like, it's gonna be pretty, and I forget about it, and it dies. Um, so I'm not about that. But like vines, when we talk about the vine, it's talking about the part that's connected to the ground. Like it's saying Jesus is the part that's connected to the ground. It's the part that's soaking up the water and the nutrients, and where the branches. And so we have to be connected to Him, right? Because if I like go up to a tree and I like hack off one of the branches, you know, and I take it home, is that branch alive? No. no. Mm-hmm. So if we're not connected to the source, are we alive in Christ? Are we like growing, or are we going to start to like wither? In? Yeah. So you get it. So this is the imagery. Um, and so when we look at the word "abide," the word in the Greek is Menno Okay? And so what it means is to remain, to wait, to stay, to be present. Okay? I'm going to say that again. So to abide, when we say to abide, we get this this picture, this idea of like living, right? Like a boat, like a home. But it means to remain, to wait, to stay, to be present. So to abide in Christ is to remain in Christ. To remain in his presence, to stay there, to live there, to be fully present there. And I think that last one for me, like that's the place the Lord has been working on just so much recently, is to be fully present. Right? Because I mean, I know y'all know, right? Like in this in this day and age, we have this thing. Like how many of you guys have the conversation with the person they're like, "Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what I'm saying? and I love you guys, but I can remember when there weren't cell phones that like, were constantly sending you text messages to interrupt all your conversations. And so it's like you're in a conversation, but you're not fully present, right, if you've got the thing and you're, you're checking all the stuff, right? And so when we talk about abiding in Christ, we're talking about being fully present, right? Not just being in the church, not just being in the worship, not just standing there and being like, mm-hmm, during prayer, but being fully present and engaged with it. And I think that's, like, the place the Lord's really been challenging me. I'm um, in the wrong book. I shut it, and then... we got this cute little Bible, and it closes on me. So let's look at verses 4 and 5. It says, Abide in me, and I am you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Um... So Jesus gives us this, this example, and he's saying, without me, you can't do anything. Like, without me, you can't produce anything lasting with your life. And you know, we can do a lot of stuff on our own, but then if you, like, measure that up with, with compared to eternity, like looking in the face of eternity, we can't really produce anything without him. Everything else, it's going to fade. But what we do in Christ, that remains, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, without me, you can do nothing. And it's true. Without Jesus, there is no good in me. There's not a thing I can do. I absolutely, completely need him. Um, I love this. I really like to read the pulpit commentary. It's just like, well, it's old, but it's available online. And so anytime I like, read a chapter, and I'm like, I wonder if there's more here. <coughs> like, like, I refer to this. But this is what it says about these verses. It says there are two premises here. First, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And second, apart from me... You can do nothing. We aren't stable on our own. We are dependent on Christ and His faithfulness to be our source. So when we depend on Christ, when we learn to abide, we're depending on Him. We're depending that He's faithful, that He is who He says He is, and that as we trust in Him, He's gonna be our source. And I think sometimes that's the part that's scary to us, right? So we're like, Well, if I'm gonna stay connected to you, I'm trusting you for everything. I don't get to trust me. I trust Him. And sometimes that's hard, and so we want to be self-sufficient and do, do things our own way. But when we do that, we're not really living. We're not really alive, right? Because we're disconnected. And in verse 9, he says, he says this. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. So this is an invitation. He's inviting us to stay, to remain, to live in and be present in his love. And he says that it's the same God that God, the same love that God has for him. And so, when you think about that, what is the love that the Father has for the Son? The love that Father God has for Jesus. It's huge. Like, God is pleased at him. We read about, you know, at the beginning of Jesus' life, when he's, well, not at the beginning of his ministry, when he's baptized. Like, the heavens open, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and he says, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Like, God loves his son. So when we're, when we're reading this and saying, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you, we're talking about, like, this huge, lavish, incredible love that Jesus has for us. And we get that, right? Because he died on the cross for us. So we get that it's a big love. But it's not like a one-time, one-event love. It's this continual, relational love that he has for us. So that same love that Father God has for Christ, Christ has for us. And that's incredible. And he invites us to live there. We don't have to leave it. We don't have to walk away from it. We can live there. Live there. Um, And so I just think that's absolutely phenomenal. And so one of the things I've been reading just in my own personal study about dividing is there's this book by Brother Lawrence, okay? I talk about a lot of books, y'all. This one's really short. You can totally do it, okay? Like, you can do it. And all it is is, like, these letters – that he's corresponding with this other guy. So we get like Brother Lawrence's side of the letters if we don't get like what the guy sent him.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind
0: of funny because I'm just like, what could he have asked to get this response? But um, I was a rhetoric major, so we have that trouble. Uh, but, like, so it's a short book, but the thing he says over and over, which Brother Lawrence, as you read, you get this impression that the dude loved Jesus. He loved his presence. And, and the way he talks about it, it's like he had his morning prayer time for however many hours. He was a monk. And then he went to the kitchen because his job was in the kitchen cooking stuff. He didn't particularly like cooking stuff. And he just continued to spend time with Jesus. And they went and hung out with people and did ministry outside outside of where they lived. And he just still continued to be in God's presence. Like every moment, the dude learned to live in God's presence. And I think that's cool. But the one thing he says that like really, really encouraged me is he's like, so if you realize for a moment that you've forgotten God, you know, like like your mind's just completely somewhere else and you're like, Lord, I'm going to in you, or you're sitting in prayer and you're like, I'm going to pray. Okay, let's be realistic. Like you're like, I'm going to pray for 20 minutes. Like I'm going to sit with the Lord and pray for 20 minutes, right? And then you realize 10 minutes into that that your mind is just, and you pull out your phone. Like he's like, just put it away and start again. Don't be like, man, I stink. Because like, that's just more distraction, right? He's like, just go again. And eventually, you'll realize you have to go again less and less. And so this is the super jackified version of the way he said it. But, but I think that, like, that's so precious to me. Because you know, a lot of times, we're like, well, I'm going to read my Bible. And we get like, a few lines into it. And then we get confused. And then we get distracted. And we just quit. And we're, you're, we're, we just go, oh, no, good at this. Forget it. And then we just don't ever open it again okay he's saying like don't do that Be like man that one was weird i don't get it maybe the next page will make sense you know or like <laughs> we're praying we're like man i got distracted i must stink at prayer <laughs> like if you can talk and share your thoughts and emotions you can't stink at prayer like you can all pray you know even if you can't talk with your mouth you can talk with your hands like you can think you can write like there's a million ways to pray right so you can't you can't stink at it really as long as you're earnest and you're talking to God and you're, you're sharing your heart with him um, so, so he's saying the second you get distracted just be like whoops and go again and don't, don't be like in this self-condemnation about it right and so that was just super encouraging to me because I think so many times that's where we stop is we get a little bit discouraged or we think that like we're not doing it good enough or like you know you hear the person pray next to you I don't know y'all hear how I talk right I talk like this to Jesus, same way, lots of likes and owns, and that's how I talk, okay? And so I've totally been in those situations where the people pray, and they pray with authority, you know, and they pray real big, and they pray the big words, and and then it's like my turn to pray, and I'm like, cool, you know, and, and so, like, I get it, like, I get that it's possible to feel like, you know, you're not as good, or you don't quite get it, but here's the thing, is it's like my prayer is just as precious to Jesus as that person's prayer. Like, he just cares that it's, that it's earnest. That's from our heart, you know, we're talking to him. So, so really, Jesus isn't like, they prayed better. And if they didn't mean it, he probably is more pleased with my weird, uh, like, awkwardly worded, stuttery, awkward prayer, right? Because he's like, at least she meant it. Like, so had lots of likes and omes, but she meant it, and, you know. So, so it's kind of like... God cares that, like, we're trying, we're trying to connect with him. And when we try, he's going to meet with us. Um, I really, really love this passage. This is one of the ones that I go to when I'm thinking about abiding and just, like, getting encouragement for abiding. But it's in Luke 10. It's verses 39 through 42. So Luke 10, 39 through 42. It says, she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me." And Jesus answered and said to her, "Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has found the good thing, which will not be taken away from her." And so I love this, this passage. I think this is in the New Living. So Mary found the one thing that matters. She found the one thing that matters. And so, was Jesus rebuking Martha for serving? Not at all. But she was, she was sitting there and she's saying, Man, she's sitting there and she's doing nothing. And Jesus' point is, she's not doing nothing. She's sitting at my feet and listening to me. She was sitting in the presence of God and listening. He said, that's the one thing that matters. She found the one thing that matters. He was like, we're not taking that away from her. And whenever I think of abiding, it kind of brings me back to this verse. Like, there's a few of them that I come back to, but this is one of the main ones. Because my prayer is just, like, now, and 10 years from now, and 20 years from now, and when I'm a really old lady, right, on into the future, I want to still be a person that, like, just sits at Jesus' feet and listens to Him. Like, I want that to be part of my life. I hope that it becomes more of my life than it is now. Right? Like, I hope it grows. But I want that to be part of my life. I don't ever want there to be a period in my life where I look back and I'm like, I didn't take time to just be with him. You know, like, that is, because it's the one thing that matters. And I think the second that we really consider that, really, this is the, really the one thing that matters, everything changes. Because if you, if you really will be open to that, you'll really take Jesus' word, then it's like, as we seek first his kingdom, right? then all the other things are added. Mm-hmm. But if we don't trust him at that, we're like, mm, no, I don't have time for that, then we'll never experience the goodness of it. You know, so it's like one of those things you have to try to receive. But, but if you try, you'll realize it is so good and so sweet and so true that like when we seek him first, he takes care of everything else. Um, another verse on abiding that I love is Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. And it says this, it says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, this I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty and his glory in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He will hide me, he will set me high upon the rock. And so this, I love it because it's the Old Testament, so this is pre-Christ. But even then, David got this principle that you could go and be in the presence of God. And he was like, God is so good, I don't want to leave. And so he's saying, "And like, this is a guy that defeated many people. This is the guy that killed Goliath. This is the guy that eventually became king. And he says, the one thing I want on the whole face of the earth is to live in your presence, God. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. The one thing I want, whole face of the earth, I could have anything is I want God's presence. I just think that's incredible. And and like what's crazy about it is so at that time they had to go to the temple and there were animal sacrifices and such and so the way he experienced God's presence would have been going to the temple and like offering these sacrifices in in this corporate temple worship but there was still something so sweet about experiencing God there that he was like, "Man, I want to live here." And I think what's super cool is Because of Jesus, right, the Bible tells us that he was the sacrifice once for all. So he was the sacrifice for us. So I don't have to go slaughter an animal. Because, to be honest, if I had to go slaughter slaughter an animal, (laughs) like, I hope I would still obey God. But I I would, you know, if I had to kill my own food, I would be a vegetarian. (laughs) It's just how it is. Um, So, like, it's inconceivable to me. But he was like, if that's what it takes to get to God, to be in his presence... Like, I'll do it. But because of Christ, we don't have to do that, right? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to offer animals to absolve for our sin anymore, right? We, all we do is trust on the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, and he washes us clean of our sin once for all time. And so what that means is I don't have to go to church to experience God's presence. I don't have to, like, offer the sacrifice or this special prayer over and over and over again to experience God's presence, I don't have to go to Chi Alpha to experience this presence. I don't have to, you know, go to any certain place. All I have to do is, like, realize that he's there, right? So that means that every moment of my life, I can spend in the presence of God. I can be in God's presence in my bed when I wake up in the morning. I can be in God's presence as I walk across the campus. And that doesn't mean I don't have focus time, right, where I study and I pray, and I worship, I do do that. But I have access to his presence at any moment, right? Any moment. And that is incredible to me. That is so incredible. And it's offered to all of us, right? And um, so that's what we get. That's what Jesus has provided for us. It's like we have like free access to God any moment that we want. And like, here's a really cool thing. This isn't my notes. This is just for free. Um, <laughs> but like, as you read in the Bible... It says that like when we pray, we enter the throne room of God. So it's like when I pray, I may not see like God seated in the throne, but when I pray, that's where I am. I'm in the very presence of God, and like that's incredible to me because I don't know about you guys, but like I've never been invited to like a throne room before. Like when I went to England, <laughs> there were guards and they did not let me into Buckingham Palace. Were- <laughs> I like, I can't come in. But when I pray, I'm like ushered into the presence of the King of Kings. That's incredible to me. Um, So, some of you might say, well, that's all well and good for you, Jackie, because, like, you're a pastor, and, like, you've spent your life working towards this, and, listen, I've heard it all. We've not been doing ministry forever, but we've been doing it for quite a long time, and I've heard it all. People are like, well, but that's you. It's not me. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm not some, like, super special, like, Christian with Christian superpowers, right? Like, like there is no level prestige Christian. Like, it's available to anybody. Um, and so, just realize that. Like, I'm not any special person. I'm not any person that's more significant than you. Like, we are all special to God, but I'm not any specialer. Cool? Um, that invitation is open to all of us. Each and every one of us are invited to abide. Okay, so this is all well and good, but practically, how do we abide? Cool? Because I could talk about this all day, and you'd be like, that'd be really great, but I don't know how to do it. So we're going to be like really, really practical for a minute, and you guys, if you want other ideas on this, you can look at the Live Dead Journal. Like at the beginning, he kind of describes his time, so since you already read that, most of you, and if you didn't, we can get one for you, Um, I'm going to describe how I do it, because here's the cool thing. The guy that wrote the book, like, he might read the Bible different than me, and he might spend his time in prayer different than me, and, like, that's okay, like, so long as those staples are there, it doesn't have to look like your best friend, right? And and it's funny, because I have a best friend, and she and I spend time with the Lord completely different ways, and sometimes when I go stay at her house, we, like, both have our God time together, and it's really weird, because I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, what are you doing? Because you know? <laughs> we do it different, but it's okay, because... Like, we're doing us, right? Um, And we're connecting with God. So, first thing is plan, right? Like, have an idea of, like, when and where you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not have a plan, it will not happen, right? right. Like, I remember in college, um, I had a roommate, and she was like, well... I'll spend time with God, when he, like, provides the time. Like, he's provided 24 hours a day. Like, you have to pick which of that time. <laughs> and, like, it was, it was really funny. And so, like, did she ever, that I know of, have a regular time with God? No. She did have time with God sometimes, but she didn't. Okay? And I had another roommate that, like, this is, like, one of, one of my favorite roommates that I had. She's still one of my good friends. Um, That at 9 o'clock at night, she was, like, Shut up. And she went and shut herself in our bedroom because we had two beds in the bedroom. And she'd be like, I'm going in there. Don't come in unless you're going to sleep. And like, it's fair, right? And so she just like sat in the middle of her bed, pulled out her Bible, pulled out her journal, and she had her God time, right? And, um, and I like to do in the morning. I'm a morning person. And so she was my accountability because I like to hit the snooze button. And so she threw things at me. And she was like, go spend time with Jesus. And so I, like, I don't know about you guys. Jen spent time with God in her bed. If I spend time with God in my bed, usually I don't spend time with God. Right? If I endeavor to spend time with anyone in my bed, I fall asleep. So, like, like my kids know. It's like, give me a comfy pillow and, like, warmth, and I'm like, okay? So when I spend time with the Lord, I don't sit in bed. I sit at my kitchen table or at Starbucks because there's, like, coffee and music and things that'll, like, keep me awake. Um, and so, you don't. you kind of have to figure out what works for you. But plan a time, okay? A when and a where. Figure out, like, what kind of where is good for you. Um, if you're, like, super ADHD and people walking by drives you crazy, Starbucks is probably not your place. Um, okay, so plan the when and where. Here's the second thing. Do five things, okay? These are five things. This is the practical abiding time. I'm going to give you all five if you're taking notes, and then I'll talk about like each of them. The first one is read scripture. Okay? This is a Bible. Read it. The second one is memorize scripture. So pick some scripture that you're actually memorizing. This does not mean memorize the entire book of John, though, like, if God calls you, by all means. Like, but pick something small that really means something to you that you can really start to, like, put into your life. Okay? Um, pray. Worship and listen. Okay, so we're going to break those down real quick. So read scripture. So this is what I do, okay? It does not have to be what what you do necessarily. But I like to be reading through a particular book of the Bible. Or a particular section of the Bible, okay? I don't like the whole, like, God, what do you want me to know today? (laughs) Ah, this, you know. Okay, like... If, if you have no idea where to start, maybe. But if you have no idea where to start, like, start with the book of John. You know, that was written by Jesus' best friend. And then continue on to the book yeah. of Acts, because that talks about the very first church. And so, like, it's a really good starting place, right? But I like to be reading through something so that, like, what I'm learning makes sense and it can build on itself, right? If you just, like, drop it and go, then you don't really get context. And, like, eventually you get to the place where you're like, there's not much point to this. So be reading through. I know some of you guys are reading through the Bible this year. So like, that's super cool. You're going through. Sometimes I go fast. Like I'm studying a book of the Bible. Sometimes I go slow. And some of you guys that have been in my life group, mm-hmm. I go so slow. Like I went through John 15 mm-hmm. for the better part of last year. And so like day one was like, I'm divine. <laughs> right? Week number two, and my father is the vine dresser, okay? Like, and then four weeks later, because there was a lot there, and so it's like I would sit and I would read it and I would think about what does that mean, you know? And I would pray about it, and like sometimes in life, my brain is really slow. So like I can spend whole hours just like, I am the vine. What does it mean that he's the vine? Like I really can't, okay? So you don't have to be like that either, but I'm kind of contemplative, so it works for me. Uh, so read your scripture, memorize scripture. So if you've been reading through and there's something that really impacts your life, you're like, man, I need to get a hold of this, or man, this is gonna help me when I, when I struggle with discouragement or when I struggle, you know, with worrying if God's gonna provide, or you know, like you come across this thing, like I don't know about you guys, I write in my Bible. It's okay, it won't ruin it. Um, and so, like I underline it and I'll go back and those are the things that I'll memorize. Cool. Oh, and while we're talking about the Bible, get a paper one. Because it can't text you, it can't notify you. It can only notify you of what God said. Well, and not that you can't read the Bible on your phone ever. And like, if you forget your Bible, you can't just be like, "Okay, I've done with God today." But but for real, there's something about like putting the phone in my purse and like just having this that I get so much less distracted. So that helps me. Um, forwarding that little tip to y'all. Okay, and then pray. So what is pray? Prayer is just talking to God, okay? There's a lot of ways to pray. Um, there's, like, simple prayers. There's, there's something called the Jesus prayer, which is, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. It, and, like, people will pray it, and then they'll pray it, like, again and again and just kind of let it soak in, okay? So you can do a simple prayer if you're like, I don't know where to start. And then a lot of times, we just talk to, to the Lord, Right? Just talk to him. Tell him what's on your heart. And you'll, as you start to do that, he'll direct you. One of the things I really like to do is use the Lord's Prayer as a model. You know, because so it says, like, our Father. And I'm like, hey, God, thanks for being my dad. Like, thanks for being, like, a heavenly Father. And it says, who is in heaven? And I'm like, wow, okay, so that's a place for praise. And I'm like, you're in heaven. You're huge. You're mighty. You know, hallowed be your name. So we continue to praise. And it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So, like, at that part, that's when I start to pray for, like, his kingdom to come. Like, hey, God, impact these lost people in my life. Would you heal these sick people? And it says, have your will. I'm like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? Big picture? What do you want my life to be like when I'm grown and old? Small picture? What do you want me to do today? Right? (laughs) Um, And I say, on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm like, hey, God, like, come. And, like, what's going on in heaven? Like, loosen on earth. And, and so I just go through those things, right? And that helps me because I'm easily distracted, okay? A lot of times I just sit and this is, like, my journal because, like, I am easily distracted in some ways. So I write it down because if my mind wanders, I can be like, oh, this is where I was and start again, okay? Other times I run. And, like, praying the Lord's Prayer, for real, this is how I, I taught myself to pray the Lord's Prayer is because there's, like, quarter mile markers. Okay? So for like a quarter mile, I'd be like our father and I'm just gonna pray and thank God that he's my heavenly father. You know we get like for the next quarter mile, I pray like Hallowed be your name, you know like so I'm like just spend a quarter mile praising God. Like and and like seriously everyone but like then I started to realize that like further had gone by and I had learned, you know. And so like you get to like praying for like you're people that don't know Christ, and like that can—I don't know about you guys. I know lots of lost people. I pray for them every day, so that takes a lot of time. Um, but pray, figure out what works for you, right? Um, and then worship, worship. So here's the thing: we worship here, we worship at church, but I challenge you to have a personal time of worship. Okay. Now that's not to say that every day I sit down with my guitar or at my piano and just let it rip. But once once a week at least, I do. And, like, if I can't get alone and the kids, like, are at school, I have 45 minutes, five days a week. Usually, sometimes Matt picks them up. But usually, like, four or five days a week, 45 minutes I just sit in a car line. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't really do anything because you've got to move up every so often. But, man, I can worship. and And sometimes the ladies are like because I'm like i ah, like you know and, and like the car behind you honks like move up and you're like yeah like, but, but man it's like time that I can spend the Lord and it's not wasted which otherwise sitting in a car line waiting to get your kids is wasting time right so we worship and then take a few minutes to the end of your time and like I encourage you guys same as like you should look at scripture every day in some, some way and you should pray every day in some way like those are the staples as part of your prayer time, take a few minutes to listen. Okay? I get that, like, the first time you do it, I can remember, because I had a friend she's like, we're going to listen to God now. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, like, I get it, you're like, I don't hear anything. But man, if you wait, and you sit there and you're like, God, I want to hear from you. Like, I really want to hear from you. Like, He really will speak. Not like He speaks every day. Sometimes I just sit and listen, and I don't know, but here's, so every time I sit and listen, I like know that I'm in his presence, and there's peace, like every time, but sometimes he does speak something in my heart, or he'll remind me of of a scripture, you guys know the times that I know he spoke most, is when I was thinking about like one thing, and like, just, (laughs) like completely other idea, right, and I'm like, and then I'm like, I don't want to do that, (laughs) I'm like, I didn't come up with this idea on my own, <laughs> it was like the first time I realized God God spoke to me is because he told me to do something that I did not want to do and I would have never thought of by myself. But I knew he spoke and then I was so excited that I was like, I will obey. Um <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> I will <love it." laughs> obey
0: because you, you spoke to me. You know, but but if you listen, if you take that time, like eventually you'll hear him speak. And once you hear him speak, you'll want to hear him speak more. Cool. So take some listening time. Okay, the third thing is the point. The point of all of this, the point of reading the Bible, of memorizing Scripture, of praying, of worshiping, of listening. The point of all of this is to spend extravagant time with Jesus. Okay? The point isn't legalism. So it's not like I have to do this or I'm not a good Christian and, like, I missed it today. Because, like, look, if you wake up tomorrow with a stomach virus and you puke your guts out and, like, you can't even, like, get away from the bathroom, I think God understands that you didn't get to read your Bible, you know, now don't use that as an excuse every day, I'm not legalistic, okay, like, spend time with the Lord, but don't let it become this thing that it's like, I have to do it, or I'm not good enough, okay, that's not the point at all, the point is to spend extravagant time with Jesus um, and here's the thing, it's like I have my usual stuff like my usual ways that I spend time with the Lord, but it doesn't necessarily look the same every day like, I don't know about you guys, but some days, like, I wake up, and I'm totally like, yeah, I could go sit and just, like, jump into it. Some days I wake up, and I have all the wiggles, which is why I say get the wiggles out, right? And so if I have all the wiggles, like, maybe it would be good to pray on my run, <laughs> right? And I'm not going to, like, sit there and be like, I have to sit at this table for an hour before I can run. Like, no, like, I'll just go run and pray while I run. And usually by the time I'm done with that, I'm like, cool, like, that reminded me of the scripture. I'm going to go read it. And, and so it's kind of be aware of you and, like, where you're at, right? Like, if you wake up tired and you usually have your time with Jesus in the bed, maybe that's not the day. Cool? Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly the same every day. Um, and it looks different for different people, like we already said. And so, you know, if your friend is trying to spend time with God and it looks nothing like what you do, unless it's like, completely completely something that's like absolutely not of the lord i wouldn't be like that's doing it wrong because for real i had some friends when i first came to christ and they're like that's not how you do it like about something you know like i don't know people still tell me the way i worship sometimes it's not how you do it it's fine i like how i worship um so like, but but sometimes it happens it's like people just don't get you in like that's okay. If you're connecting with God, if you're spending extravagant time with the Lord, like, you're going to be all right, okay? It's just important for you to connect with God. Um, and so, I'm not going to go into depth about this, but I have some books that I completely forgot to bring. So this is, like, pointless now. But if, if you want one, I'll get it to you. Um and basically, the book is about how to have a personal prayer retreat. So if you want to go have some extended time to seek the Lord, mm-hmm. it kind of guides you how to do that, because a lot of times we think prayer retreat, like, how am I, I can't spend two, day, two hours with Jesus, how am I going to go spend a whole day? Um, so it teaches you how. But the back of it has this really useful thing called a spiritual pathways inventory. And so basically, asks you a bunch of questions, and then it gives you suggestions based on your personality type of ways to spend time with God. You can bring them next week. I'll bring them next week. But it's like, y'all seriously do it, okay? Because it's funny, because as I, as I read it, I mean, when I started reading the thing where it's like, I guess mine was contemplative, that didn't really surprise me. But when I started reading, like, the explanation of it and, like, ideas of how to spend time with Jesus, it's like, I kind of teared up, because I was like, I just felt understood, like, I'm not crazy. Because I don't meet a lot of contemplative people, and so a lot of times people are like, that's really weird. You know, and so I've just kind of realized that's okay. How this just be weird. Um, but, but then you read about other people, and, um, and it's funny because, like, you score what you're good at, right? And so there's some that you're really good at, and there's some that you're really bad at. And I'll tell you guys this just because it's funny. Like, years and years ago, Matt and I were on an internship, and we had to take a similar type thing for a different end about spiritual gifts, right? And so, like, we all have spiritual gifts. We all have them. But I took this test and usually ladies score really high on this one thing, right? It is called hospitality. Yeah. Well, I took it and I scored really high on all this stuff and then down at the very, very bottom, super far below everything else was hospitality. And um, our intern director, director was like, huh, never <laughs> seen that before, yeah. right? And, and so this was funny because there's, there's uh, caregivers Which is like that's that's like a personality type of people that like to spend time with the Lord. I can think of like a lot of you guys that might actually fit that, and and my score for that was like down here, (laughs) so it was like whatever whatever that means. But it cracked me up, you know, Um, because God made us all different, and it's kind of cool, you know. Like the Bible says in Psalm one thirty nine that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So God made you the way you are for a reason. He gave you your personality for a reason. And there's a way to connect with him. And it's okay if it's not like your best friend or if it's not like the person that, like, led you to Christ. Like, there's a way for you to spend, And I just thought it was a really helpful tool. If you're trying to get ideas about, man, I can't stand prayer. Like, what's something that will help me pray? Like, this will kind of help you there. Um, so as we close, I just wanted to read you guys this quote. By Dick Brogdon, that really challenged me. I think it brings everything the Lord is doing tonight together. Um, like from talking about going learning to reach the lost around us to praying for lost people groups, to learning to seek the Lord, I think this brings it all together. Um He said this, he said we won't change the world because we are strong, we won't reach the nations because we are many, we won't evangelize the lost because we are rich. Our power is not in our numbers. Our power is not in ourselves. Our power is in the precious presence of Jesus and abiding in him. And so, like, as we close this, you guys, I can't make you do this. I can't make you for 30 days spend two hours with Jesus. Like, I can't do it. But I I encourage you to try, you know. And that's not condemnation that, like, if one day, like, you only get a little bit of time in or you completely forget like, okay, let's start again. It's cool. I'm not going to, like, follow up and be like, how many hours did you log? Okay, like, if you know me, that's not how I work. Um, but, but I can't make you do it, right? But I encourage you to do it. Because what would your life look like in 30 days if you do? Like, in 30 days from now, if you actually spend extravagant time with Jesus every day for the next 30 days, what is your life going to look like at the end? Do you think you're going to know Jesus more? Right? Do you think you're going to care about the things you cared about before you started spending time with him? Or before you started spending extravagant time with him? Or do you think you're going to struggle as much as you might be struggling if you spend that time? Right? Because it's amazing to me, like especially in areas that I struggle with, that like as I spend time in God's presence, it just melts away. It's not one of those moments where I have to like, be like, oh, like this thing is under my feet and I rebuke it, and I'm not gonna like think about it. And no, it's like if I just get into His presence and spend extravagant time with Him, I don't care. Like I don't care about the stuff that was b- bothering me before. It just melts off. Um. So if you actually do this, if you actually do this, what could change? And I think like that for me is is the biggest pull. Is like. Man, well, I know God more. Well, I be a different person? And I think, yeah. Yeah, if you spend extravagant time with Jesus, you're not going to be the same.